The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by CallRail. Did you know that there are close to 100 billion mobile phone calls to businesses each year? That's billion with a B. And according to industry analysts, that figure is expected to double by 2020. Your business phone is one of the most powerful conversion tools in your arsenal. So what are you doing to optimize how you use the phone as a marketing channel? CallRail provides intuitive software that enables smart marketers to know what makes their phone ring. Their self-service analytics platform tracks both offline and online marketing campaigns to provide campaign attribution and performance insights. Their call scoring system uses machine learning to analyze every call your business takes to help you understand where they're coming from and which are the good leads. Trusted by more than 100,000 brands and agencies across the world, the CallRail platform will help your business with everything from call attribution, routing, and conversion rate optimization. For most businesses, lead acquisition happens online and customer acquisition happens over the phone. If you're ready to optimize how you use your business phone, visit callrail.com slash martech to see how CallRail can be the difference in your marketing and sales efforts. CallRail, call tracking for data-driven marketers. Today, we're going to discuss how and why the TEDx platform is valuable for the distribution of ideas. Joining us is Marie Incontrera, who's the founder of Incontrera Consulting, which is a speaker, social media, publicity, and TEDx placement consultancy. Her clients include national best-selling business authors, medical professionals, and science and wellness experts. And she's also the author of the book, Spread Your Ideas, How to Bring Your TEDx-Style Idea from a Blank Page to the Stage. Today, Marie is going to tell us how and why the TEDx platform is valuable for the distribution of your ideas. Here is our interview with Marie Incontrera, founder of Incontrera Consulting. Marie, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So in our last conversation, which we published yesterday, we made fun of jazz musicians. <laughs> we insulted New York Mets fans. <laughs> and you told us a little bit about how and why people are starting to market ideas. And I guess my takeaway from that conversation is a lot of the people that are focusing on promoting ideas are trying to build social capital. So you're getting people that are in the professional services and consulting space and other people that are just using ideas as capital. 
we kind of danced around the TEDx platform being the central location for the sharing of ideas, both in person and online. So I want to ask you, as somebody who's been on the platform multiple times and helped other people get placements, why is TEDx so important? What are the dynamics there? How do people get on it? And what's the value they see out of it? First off, TED, T-E-D, what does TED stand for? Technology, Entertainment, and Design. Technology, Entertainment, and Design. Okay. Now, tell me a little bit just generally about the TED Talks platform and, and why are people using this as the way to distribute ideas? The great thing about a TED-style talk is that anybody can give one. It's really not about you. It's about your idea. And the TED-style is short and actionable. So it's really relevant today with the online platform of YouTube and video streaming and social media sharing because you can really distribute these ideas so that anybody can have access to them. Okay. So it's a forum that gives you a platform to share an idea. There's a technology component to this. You're not just getting into a room and standing on a soapbox and saying, I have an idea. In the last example, we talked about the theme for my consulting business, which is helping companies give their brand a voice. I'm not standing up on a soapbox just saying, give your brand a voice. Trust me. It's not just five people in a room. I'm assuming the rooms are relatively big. It looks like there's high production value, but there's distribution that's centered around TED Talks. Talk to me about the dynamics of what it means to be on a TED Talk. So the real focus of doing a TEDx or a TED Talk is that video. And the video is high production value. It goes on the YouTube. And then you have the chance for your idea to be heard globally. And the really important thing about TED Talks is that the really good ones, they're relevant everywhere. They're not just relevant to executives or not just relevant to kids coming out of school or not just relevant to baby boomers. They're relevant to everybody. First off, I love that you called it the YouTube. <laughs> so they make these videos and they put them on the YouTube and then anybody has access. So it's not just a small room that you're talking to other people that are interested in spreading their ideas. They get broadly distributed. I'm on the YouTube's page for TEDx and it looks like there's 15 million subscribers to that page. And when I click over to see the individual videos, there's a couple thousand views for one. There's 75 views, 100 views, 80 views. So these are like the recently published. These are within a couple of hours. But when you click on the most popular, you're looking at 68 million views. So it seems like there is this giant audience that you're able to tap into by leveraging TEDx's subscriber base if you become a popular topic. But what I'm assuming is very few people end up being the 15 million view plus video and most people end up being closer to the few thousand. Is that what happens? It depends on a few things. And some of it is if you leverage your online community very, very well, you could organically do very well just in your community. So for example, if you have a really robust LinkedIn following or Twitter following using that or an email list, for example, just sending that out could really get you quite a few views. But if your idea is global, meaning that if it's specific and yet general enough that it applies to almost anybody, there is the chance that yours could be one of the ones that goes viral. And you don't have to have a name to do that. You don't have to be Tony Robbins to have your taco viral. 
That's actually one of the things that sticks out to me as I'm looking over the top plays of all time. It's somebody doing beatbox. It's somebody talking about happiness. It's somebody talking about the brain. So the people that are at the top of the list in terms of all-time views for YouTube are not necessarily branded names. It is not people that necessarily had a huge audience prior to their speeches. So you can go and you can do some self-promotion of the video and maybe there's some virality on YouTube and you get some credibility by being posted on the TED YouTube channel. What are other ways to share the TED Talks? Well, the biggest thing is social media. And especially if you're a professional in the professional services, you can put it in your email signature or that kind of thing to get people to watch your talk. And really, if your talk provides value, ask someone to share it. Say, hey, I know your company wants to rebrand, for instance. Here's my TED Talk. It's sort of a way to give away a little something to show people what you're all about. I guess the underlying thing that I'm hearing from you is... It's a way to state your thesis or your approach or your mission. Actually, my favorite TED Talk, now that I think about it, of all time is Start With Why, and it was by Simon Sinek. It talks about how great brands are grown, and it starts with why are you doing something, and then how do you do what you're doing, and then what is it, as opposed to what are you doing, and how do you do it, and then the last thing that's important is why are you doing this? Because people care about what your motives are. Right. And when I was sitting down to create the give your brand a voice tagline for my consulting business, I was thinking very much about that video. So we talked a little bit about the distribution. Talk to me a little bit about the results that come out of being on a TED Talk. You mentioned in our last episode that it really helped your business. How's that work? The reason to invest in doing a TED Talk is because the inherent social proof that comes from it. Even just without seeing your talk, when professionals hear that you gave a talk that's relevant to your business, it's like having a book. You know, I have a book, I give my book away, or I have it for 99 cents. Or if somebody's thinking about hiring me and they're on the fence, I send them a PDF of my book because I want them to see the credibility that comes with having your content out there and doing something like a TED Talk because it's just the best thing that a professional could do for their social proof. Mm -hmm. And I did say that I made more money that month. And that's true. And my talk didn't even have to be published yet for that to happen. So it's interesting. The three letters, T-E-D, mm -hmm. if you put them in your LinkedIn profile, people are going to think you're smarter because they associate that with high production value videos of people that are intelligent talking about their themes. I want to go change my LinkedIn profile and just say that I'm friends with Ted. <laughs> I have friends named Ted. That's Theodore. They have to be capital T-E-D though. Theodore is kind of a capital T-E-D guy. Well, there you go. <laughs> Kidding aside, don't do anything shady. Rule number one, don't be creepy. But really the idea that you're getting to is people think of TED Talks being like, you're the smartest guy in the room. You gave a talk about an idea that was distributed all over the internet. You must be brilliant. Right, exactly. And I know I've been saying anybody can give a TED Talk. Everybody should give a TED Talk. But the truth is, once you get even into the final round or if you're accepted, you're vetted. Your organizers want to hear your talk. They might give you a speaker coach. They might ask you to work with a speaker coach. They might ask you to submit a video of yourself talking every two weeks with the progress of your talk. So it's actually very rigorous once you get in. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. 
1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. So talk to me more about the dynamics of applying of preparing and then of actually executing the talk? So the great thing about TEDx is that they're independently organized. So that means that every application process is different and they really run the gamut. If you go to ted.com slash TEDx slash events, you can start to explore where the upcoming events are and you'll see they're just all over the place. They're all over the world. There are so many in the United States and Europe, especially. And each one of them has a different submission process. They range from just emailing the organizer or LinkedIn messaging them. Or if the TEDx event has a Facebook page, you can message the Facebook page to very, very rigorous forms to fill out. And they'll want a 90-second video. So they really do run the gamut. But it's always worth just reaching out to an organizer. Write them a quick email or a LinkedIn message and say, Hi, I'd like to apply. Are you still accepting applications? Okay. So there's an application process, which is kind of a variable deal. And there's events that are all over the place and they all have different themes and they're all put on by different people that have different criteria. I'm on the website now and I was just looking in San Francisco because it's the closest city to where I live for TED Talks. And there's one January 15th theme is modern campfires. And one thing that I notice initially is there are spaces available and it says webcast, no. So when you're applying for a TED Talk, part of the idea is that it's going to be recorded and published on, you know, the big old TED, the YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Is that the webcast? Do you want to find an event that is doing a webcast or is it just as valuable? Webcast is a live stream. So not all of them will live stream. But one of the criteria is that they provide a video. So everything is recorded, but it is not necessarily streamed live. So people can't watch it in real time. Exactly. Some of them you can. And one thing that I love to do with my clients, if they are at a live stream event, is I'll live tweet 
which is really fun because people say brilliant things and they don't even realize it sometimes. That's going to happen to me someday. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the other thing that I want to point out is that you said, oh, I looked in San Francisco and that's great. It's great to have a wish list. But the great thing about these events is that it doesn't matter where you do them. And the wider of a net that you cast, the more of a chance that you're going to get one or two or maybe even more opportunities. Hmm. Do people do TEDx speaking on a regular basis? Are people just going around the circuits and you get the TEDx ringers or the TED Talk ringers that are just going from every talk to every talk to try to capture as much TEDx cred as they can? That's a great question. And the answer is yes. I saw on somebody's Twitter once that they were an 11-time TEDx speaker. And I said, I want to be that person one day. (laughs) Right. My speaker coach wants me to try to go for the woman that's done the most in the world. And I don't know how much that is, but... It's more than 11. Right. (laughs) If you have the ideas, there are people who do several over time. And I do think it's a good idea if you're somebody who comes out with several books with different ideas, or you have a big topic, and you can do them on similar ideas. So for instance, when I was first thinking about the jazz topic, I said, oh... Maybe I'll do it on jazz and business. And that's really broad. So I was like jazz and business and innovation and leadership and collaboration and communication. But that's a 45-minute talk. So my next one might be jazz and leadership. So you can basically come up with a consistent theme and have variants on it. And that's kind of how people brand and position themselves as the jazz and business person. And you're jazz and brand, jazz and leadership, jazz and performance marketing. Talk to me about the actual costs and then the trade-offs for being on a talk. It varies because some talks will provide you with a speaker coach and that's at no cost. You'll have like a Zoom call or a phone call with your coach to check in and make sure that your talk is all good and you're not breaking any rules and that kind of thing. So if it's not provided to you, my recommendation is that you do work with a speaker coach if you can, if you have the means to do something like that, especially if it's your first talk. I worked with a speaker coach for the jazz talk and it was the best. It was money well spent. What does that relationship look like? I was really lucky because I found somebody who had a class basically. So every week you'd get up on stage for five or 10 minutes or however long she had allotted. And then she'd just critique you. And she'd talk about things like delivery and where are you looking and where do you look when you make your main points? How fast are you speaking? That kind of thing. Interesting. Okay. So you found essentially a class, not a specific coach where she was able to support multiple people that are learning to hone the craft. Right. And she does do speaker coaching, but I was just lucky that I found this opportunity when I was getting ready for my talk. Right. Lots of people like to go the private route because you get really personalized attention to help write and deliver your talk. Right. So tell me about the services that you provide. Are you doing speaking coaching? Are you doing booking? Give me the sense of how are you helping people find what TED Talk to be on and execute their vision? So the way that I work, I have several levels because I start in the beginning. I work on the ideation process. I'll coach my clients on their idea and their pitch materials. So that includes their blurb, their idea worth spreading, their abstract, their bio, their LinkedIn, because that's important to position yourself as somebody who should be giving a talk. And the 90-second video, because lots of events require a 90-second video of you just speaking about your idea. Your idea about your idea? 
Right. <laughs> Basically. Got it. And that's just a simple iPhone video pretty much across the board. They just want something that's handheld and that shows that you're not editing, you can speak well, you have a good handle on your idea. And then I have a level of engagement where if they're a busy professional and they just don't have the time to do it, I'll pitch them. And my value proposition with that is that I work with you for a year or until you get one, whichever is longer. Okay, hold the phone. You're working with people for a year to craft the idea and get them placed on a TED Talk. So it's not an easy process where you're creating a 90 second video of, hey, I want to tell people how to give their brand a voice. And I did a lot of high school musical theater. And now I'm a marketing consultant. And I talk to people about their hopes and dreams and aspirations for their company. And I match that to their clients. And there is a way to find an authentic voice for every brand that meets their prospective customers. The end. That was probably close to 90 seconds. I don't know. Right. <laughs> it's more complicated than that, right? It is. And we do a few drafts. I would coach you through it. And then basically I go off to the races and I just kind of pitch you everywhere where your idea is relevant. Then the next thing you know, I'm traveling to Bangladesh to talk about giving your brand a voice. <laughs> well, I usually stick to the United States for my US clients. but <laughs> So this whole thing is an excuse to take a vacation. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Finally, we're there. <laughs> Kidding aside, it sounds like an interesting way for people to position themselves as thought leaders. And to me, the concept of sharing ideas is one that I understand from an altruistic perspective. I have an idea. I want it to be heard. And think about it from a business perspective and as a marketing channel is not necessarily something that I had really considered until we connected on LinkedIn. So any last words for the marketing of the TED Talks and why it has business results? Well, I think that positioning yourself online, especially in the marketing spaces as a speaker. So my speaker coach, we were having a conversation and she said, put speaker first in your LinkedIn profile, even though, yes, you're many more things than that. You're a consultant, you're a musician, you're this, that, and the other. Put speaker first because organizers want to know that you're serious. And then create a lot of buzz. I had so much fun with mine take a selfie on the stage while you're in dress rehearsal, really have fun with it because it is, it's a major life event to give a TED talk. It's on a lot of people's bucket lists. So, and people, your followers, your online community, your family, your friends, they're all going to be really excited for you. So let that momentum drive people watching you. I think that's great advice. It's interesting to hear how thought leaders are positioning themselves and they're using the TED and TEDx forums to build credibility. So Maria, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to connect. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Marie Incontrera, founder of Incontrera Consulting, for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Marie, you can click on the link to her bio in our show notes, or you can go to incontrera.com, I-N-C-O-N-T-R-E-R-A.com. A special thanks to CallRail for sponsoring this podcast. If you're interested in learning how to optimize your business phone as a marketing channel, click the link in our show notes or go to callrail.com slash martech for a trial of their call tracking and lead scoring platform. 
If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thanks for being a member of our community. We always want to hear from you. So we created benjshap.com slash question, where you can send us your marketing questions and we'll answer them live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we've got some great episodes lined up. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed sometime soon. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.